Hello, everybody, and welcome to What to Discuss Now. I am your host, AJ, and as always, I am joined by Stephen. And today, we are going to review Eliza Wood's new movie, No Man of God. And Steve, I'm going to let you start this one off because, I mean, we both agree on this, but you seem to really, really enjoy this one a whole lot. Yeah, no, I thought it was uh, No Man of God. Uh, I was trying to see, what's her name? Amber Seeley. Okay, Amber Seeley. Yeah, um, I was trying to see really quick. I should have done it before we started if I'd seen any of her any of her other stuff. And I'm not sure that I have. But yeah, No Man of God is the latest. Is it SpectraVision? Did Elijah Wood produce this? I'm assuming that's a yes. Um, yeah, it is. Okay, it's the and they they were behind um, things like a girl walks home alone at night and, and Mandy, Mandy. all around of space. A lot of stuff from Spectre Vision. A lot of stuff uh, in in indie horror. Um, I guess close creeping up to a decade now, and so they've got a really established name, and of course people know Elijah Wood. So basically, what um, and can I say one what, thing for a second? I want to say Eliza Wood as an independent horror producer should be where Jason Blum is now. But well, he is I, so overlooked, I think. Inspector Vision is just mainly an independent niche kind of thing. But Eliza Wood is a very great producer in that way. I think he is really good. I think that consistently, like, uh, their films show up on year and best lists of everyone um the stuff that i haven't seen from spectavision i want to see because it's spectavision they're they're one of those boutique labels that um you kind of you 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 see a couple of their movies and you think oh i like that flavor uh and you want to check out more um and um uh that doesn't mean they make one type produce one type of movie they don't but uh it's just consistently they're one of one of them, like an a24 or you know one of the other kind of boutique labels um they're much that, more of a crate production company in that way so, yeah um but the the movie is about uh, it's based off of bill hagmeyer's book and people into true crime will will most certainly uh, i'm sure, hopefully have heard of bill hagmeyer uh who was um the uh, who, who basically this is based on his book about his time spent and the many conversations he had with a uh, post-convicted incarcerated Ted Bundy and the the movie um you know there's it's it's when the I think the problem with tackling Ted Bundy uh in 2021 is that it's just a subject that that seemingly has been done to death, right? In yeah, books. it's almost like beating a dead horse right now. Right, and you can always make that argument. You're always going to have that uh, percentage, I think, of the crowd that is just not going to be into it. Comes into it and says, you know, I've seen this documentary, or read that book, and seen that movie. I don't need to see another one. I don't care how good it is. And I, 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 on the other hand, am someone, I am a true crime head. I do think that, that it's a fascinating, uh, to me, I, I could get lost in the world of Ted Bundy uh, and his crimes and victims and have, um, gosh, countless hours. 
And I, uh, no man of God comes at a time too, I think when the, especially it's been kind of oversaturated lately. Um, yeah. Joe Berlinger, uh, put out two projects in the same year, just two years ago. Uh, there was another big docu-series from uh, Ted's uh, longtime ex-girlfriend uh, um, on Amazon Prime that was really well done. Um, yeah, I think both the Netflix one and the Amazon Prime one was both extremely well made, I think. Yeah, if there's a pick of the three, I would recommend going over to Amazon Prime and watching Liz's uh, docu-series. And I cannot think of the name of that right now. Um, uh, and there's also the, the there's no way to get around it. There's also the comparisons to the last guy that played um, Ted Bundy, which is Zac Efron in yeah. Joe Berling film, uh, the extremely wicked and shockingly vile. That's the movie. Uh, there was also the docu series. I think the docu series works better. Um, but anyway, this movie uh, centers solely on Bill Hagmeyer's conversations trying to coerce various uh, additional confessions on top of um the two murders i think it was two anyway the couple murders that um ted was convicted on um and uh tried to and then so it, they spoke for a number of years up until ted's execution and right. the film goes in these meetings kind of over years one at a time it's very, it could be seen as like almost like play like uh, like a stage play in a way yeah but connecting yeah, those yeah but connecting those scenes is really important too because you've got these really cool uh small interludes of all this stuff that's um very kind of titillating and really kind of it's pulpy and it's it's um kind of dangerous and has and I a lot think of that worked to the film's advantage in this like it's not you know when people hear ted bundy they're like is it going to be a slasher film is it going to be the same thing that's been done before but this one i really like the intimacy of it between just those two characters the whole time and it was it really worked to its advantage advantage i think Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, and, you know, just, I did, uh, I, Ted Bundy was initially convicted of a, uh, a couple of murders, I think at least three murders initially in Florida. And that was after he had broken out when he was on trial in Utah and went on a, uh, on the run from Utah all the way to Florida, right? And he killed these three girls. I think he killed two of them. I, I don't know. He, he dangerously assaulted horribly. I think one survived. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. In a sorority house at FSU, right? And that was the yeah. end of his spree. That was the end of it. And um, uh, no, not the end of it. Uh, I can't remember now. He picked up a little girl. At one point, they brushed into this when she was about 12 years old, I think. Yeah. But um, anyway, he confessed up to... Uh, uh, 34 it says in the movie although I thought he only confessed to like 28 or something but anyway it's something like 30-ish murders some people say a lot more you always hear that about these guys you'll, you'll if, I guarantee if you google it right now you'll see something that claims he killed like 
90, 100 people right. or something like that. It's always going to be an exaggerated amount. So, but we don't know. I mean, he definitely most certainly could have. Um, but um, uh, uh, the movie's really cool in that you, you just get these kind of character studies um, and these kind of intimate conversations where we get to be a fly on the wall and just see kind of true uh, psychopathy or sociopathy and um, see how those can, you know, kind of interplay and how a man can look like a monster and how a, mo a monster can look like a man and vice versa and how these two identities can shift and uh, change. But um, it's... Luke Kirby is what really sells it as Ted he Bundy. Is. He does, and he really transformed into Ted Bundy. And you're right, he kind of made Zach Gaffron look silly in this, but he may be the best Ted Bundy we've gotten in a while. Yeah, it. I mean, it really does make Ted Bundy look just like a bow tie. Like, it, it makes it look like all, like, wardrobe. Um and uh you know it's just his performance he is him it's really chilling like if you spend any time watching that old um if you spend any time watching any trial footage of ted bundy when he notoriously represented himself in a lot of these trials because there was there there were i think two trials where he represented himself maybe three where he represented himself um for these a lot of heinous crimes but his mannerisms you know he came off notoriously he was um uh boy next door uh the all-american male republican quiet uh white charming um a law student um uh and a serial killer a cannibal a necrophiliac um obviously a hater of women uh just a, a highly disturbed individual um and some it is a lot of it i think is is about a kind of just a violent kind of um power personality, yeah yeah uh and what and i mean well maybe lack of a real personality i mean maybe i don't know I, i'm i'm not any kind of expert i just uh think that um you know it is fascinating but luke kirby's performance is just really chilling like it's really ted seemed like a guy that was just such a charismatic guy. He was hard not to like if you were pressed to be honest about it, even knowing what he knew. And I think that Bill Hagmeyer finds himself, and I think that his kind of his faith, obviously, at least in the movie, they want his faith to be a big yeah. deal about it, struggle with his faith. Um, not my favorite element of the movie. I think that's just kind of like, it just seems like something you'd put in a screenplay to flesh something that I, you know, I don't know. I haven't read Bill Hagmeyer's book. I'm sure he talks a lot about his faith. Um, um, but uh, I just. But in this, it almost felt like a plot decoy, almost. Yeah, it felt like a plot, it, yeah. whatever, You know, it just felt, which is fine. You got to, but the, and I thought Elijah Wood was really good in this. Uh, I think that he consistently, um, acting has become. I guess post Lord of the Rings, not what he wants to focus on. Right. Not what he wants to feel like he has to do. 
um, or just maybe not chasing these big ridiculous studio roles that aren't as fun as the weird and kind of woolly roles that he takes now um, that he has that he has consistently for a long time. Um, and so, I mean, he's just, I think overall he and Daniel Noah and everybody at Spectre Vision are doing really, really cool things. I think this movie, you know, this is a kind of movie though that I, you know, you wonder how much leg, how, how much leg, well, how, how much legs, how many, I don't know if it has legs is what I'm trying like to say. If it has multiple viewing power is what you're saying. Well, right? more so not that really. I was thinking how wide of an audience I, I get excited. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and where it's all self-contained in mostly one location, it's not all there, of course, but you About are ninety percent of it. It's there. I think that yeah, eighty-five, ninety percent of that movie is in one interrogation room um, with Bill Hagmeyer and Luke Kirby, with a lot. I mean, and Ted Bundy with with Elijah Wood and Luke Kirby. That is most of the movie. Um, and I think some, like the main the mainstream audience, of course, may find that rather boring. If I'm being completely yeah. honest. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't exactly have my finger on the pulse of what, um, what type of movies mainstream audiences even want to see anymore. Because now it's just so hard to call. Yeah, it's so, and it's just. I, I just a lot of movies that I see too I will get excited about and I notice that other people no in, don't give a shit about it <laughs> right I've noticed that like other people that in like the small like movie lovers social media space or like journalistic spaces will be excited about these movies and then they come and then they get so toxic about it too <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's that's a whole other issue. I just mean I don't think that like nothing has staying power very much anymore. Uh, right. You know, like I guess the last horror, any movie that does horror movie does have any kind of staying power, then you almost wish it didn't because uh, then you have to hear obnoxious takes about how is not any good all the time. Right, like it's cold, like the cold kids table is like now it's called a hate on it. Yeah, if a movie comes out from an independent studio, and uh, every, every everybody loves a uh, it loves to root for an independent horror film, unless it actually crosses over and reaches a wider audience like Hereditary, and then you have to like suffer through annoying Facebook post after annoying Facebook post about. I mean, we suffered that with the Army of the Dead not that long ago. Well, yeah. sad but no man of god really great movie yeah it is it's good stuff um it's just an, it's uh people that like to watch people just kind of chew the fat a couple uh good performances really sell this and um i don't uh i think it will i think it will ultimately find an audience i think there is an audience for it and yeah. um people keep consuming this content uh the true crime quote unquote stuff. so of course it's going to find itself i mean rather until it hits streaming or something it'll find an audience yeah for sure so steve what is your final take on no man of god 
Uh, my final take is that it never quite reaches the dizzying heights that I want it to, right? It hints right. at this, there's this interplay between Bundy and Hagmeyer. It is really interesting, if not kind of well-worn, like cop is criminal kind of territory. But it's never well, too know, much of a cat and mouse thing that you want it to get to, right? Well, it never just reaches these kind of dizzying heights that I want it to. Like it never gets as it never gets quite as delirious as I want it to. But that's probably a matter of someone trying to be a little more tasteful because it's Ted Bundy. And if they did go as deliriously as someone like see, because one of my favorite movies is Jim Van Beber's The Manson Family. If anybody knows him, it seems to be from Deadbeat at Dawn recently on Joe Bob. But um, yeah, he's an absolute fucking psychopath. Um, and, uh, <laughs> you know, this movie is doing something different than that. I get it. But what I'm saying is that I wish I don't know if I wish it was a little seedier because I, I just wish that when it it promises this kind of melting away of like man to like where, you know, Hagmeyer has to kind of confront the fact, which he does to an extent, but it just doesn't dive enough into it that he could be Bundy underneath that all men have this kind of predatory serial killer esque whatever this homicidal. So I'm trying to there's a better word psychopathy maybe inside of them that narcissist is that kind of what you think that's part of it i mean these are all buzzwords part of it but like <laughs> i just wish it would have got a little more delirious but i bet if it did it would have lost something it's a hard tightrope to make one of these types of movies and explore something that affected a lot of people and happened and um uh and, you know and do something compelling with it and not turn into like camp or feel like you're watching somebody do an impression of a courtroom scene or like an impression of a serial killer. Cause nobody wants to turn on a movie and see them doing like a helter skelter thing or something where, you know right. what I mean? It's like pretending to be Charlie Manson doing some stupid fucking dance and going like you dig and something. You know, it's, it's <laughs> right. a, Then like it will just get over the top and just like, you know, yeah. tedious and to watch. Yeah, the type of stuff that we end up kind of making fun of, like, you know, it's just like, yeah, like the the the, the more based side of quote unquote true crime, but um, the more grounded it, approach. <laughs> yeah, this is a this is a, a film about uh, I don't know what it's exact. It is a film about those kind of themes, I think, that I'm talking about. So I, you know, again, I saw it one time. I was very, very jazzed on it. I just. I didn't really want it to end. Uh, I just, I knew what was coming, of course. I just, uh, I thought it was really cool. Um, but it's just the type of world I could, I could spend more time in probably more than most. So I would give this a, if we're going out of five here, I would definitely yeah. give like a four out of five, a solid, like a solid four out of five. And I think I'd agree with you for the most part. I do think Luke Kirby as Ted Bundy may get him a nomination this year at the Independent Film Spirit Awards as a best lead, I think. Possibly. Yeah. I can see that happening. It. 
And I'd also give it about a four out of five. Yeah, it's fantastic. Definitely check it out. I don't know when it's coming out on streaming, but it uh, should be soon, I'm guessing. Yeah, I think it's coming out on iTunes on Friday, I believe. So, nice. so it should be coming out on iTunes and Amazon and videos on demand on the 27th. Nice. Yeah, do that and then buy, buy the Blu-ray if you like it when it comes out in a little bit later on. Yeah, and support independent horror like Spectre Vision and a whole bunch Please. of other independent Please horror. Do. Independent there. horror, I'll tell you what, people keep arguing about, and I, I understand, I'm not trying to make light of anything. I don't even have to go there. All I have to point out is that um, these are trying times. We're going into, we are well into our second year of all this madness yep. and sadness. And it and does not seem to be slowing down. Yeah, right. And independent horror doesn't seem to be slowing down either, fortunately. And it has been here every step of the way um, when the pandemic started and it's still going. And, and I even think the- independent horror is even stronger now with videos on demand since the pandemic hit, it seems like. Yeah, well, there is a craving for content, obviously, from distributors. And so I think people would be more willing to, you know, fund projects pick up projects that aren't picked up yet develop projects i think now there's a way to get in there now that wasn't there before you got to look at it in some way i guess right but and how hard it is also for anybody to realistically work even the biggest of the big even tom cruise was yelling at people so um like he wouldn't yell at people all day any day for no fucking reason (laughs) whatsoever uh we're not shutting this fucking movie down have you ever heard that what's the phrase it's like it's like yeah you know i may i totally agree with what you're saying but you are the wrong fucking person to be yelling about this right now it's (laughs) like dude that believes that he was like a space god shot out of a volcano or some fucking shit like uh i'm good i'm good on the whole scientology um (laughs) I like to don't give me. I like some Tom Cruise movies. I'm giving him a hard time, but um, no, and yeah, Tom it, Cruise it, it, is it, one of the goats. He just has a bad rap with Scientology. That's it. Well, I don't think it's a bad. I think his bad rap is absolutely earned. I think that I he's think it's done, warranted too. But yeah, I think he's done some pretty heinous things. But um, dude can run. Dude can run through some movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, he can run through some movies. Um, I, I'll never forget when I was 16 and I went to see Vanilla Sky. And um, it, that movie actually, in my opinion, aged really poorly. Uh, yeah, I was really did, bummed. yeah. Some movies you should not go back and see, especially movies that you thought were quote-unquote cool when you were teenagers, some of them. Because I watched Vanilla Sky. I used to tell people that was one of my favorite movies. It profoundly moved me <laughs> when I at a movie theater when I was 16 the night it came out, like moved me and my buddy, like it moved us. Like we were like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And like fucking, um, I saw that. And I specifically, I still think it's pretty cool seeing him run through an empty time square at the beginning. That's pretty cool. But, uh, man, then Michael Shannon killed that movie too. Who is Michael Shannon in that movie? Oh, you don't remember he was in like the interrogation room or something with Cameron Diaz and Tom Cruise. Oh, no, no, no. He's the guard. He's the guard. Yeah. 
he's the Kurt, he's Kurt Russell's guard, or I mean Tom Cruise's prison guard. When yeah. Tom Cruise, like, because Tom Cruise does his little Charlie Manson <laughs> fucking dance in that movie. New, can um, we please get Tom Cruise and Charlie Manson in a new movie? But anyway, Charlie Manson is dead. But anyway, I saw. Dude, I'm not that, talking about both of them together unless we get the DeLorean. Oh uh, well. I saw that movie again, and it's it's terrible. Is all I was trying to say is that it's uh, it's preposterous, and it's pompous, and it's dumb. And you I know, just it's no night and day, Steve. Uh, you know, I never saw that. I've never seen that. I couldn't. I, I missed. I missed night and day, so I can't even comment. But what is good? No. Well, on that is, note, have a good night, everybody. Oh yeah, have a good one. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> gonna make him leave bye (laughs) all right steve thank you so much for joining me today buddy hey you too buddy see ya